From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Hi, welcome back to Sky Dragon Slaying. I'm John O'Sullivan, CEO of Principia Scientific. Still with me is Joe Postma. Uh, he's a Calgary man and uh, he's an astrophysicist. And uh, we've been talking today a lot about the technology and the changes. And uh, you'd think we'd be downbeat, but we're not. And um, our next guest is uh, very much upbeat like myself. You, you think it's uh, crazy in, in these times of turmoil, you know, the threats to our sovereignty, that we'd be really quite downbeat, but we're not. Um so it's a great pleasure to have back a regular guest, Carl Herman. Carl Herman's uh, worked with both U.S. political parties over 18 years and two U.N. summits with Citizens Lobby results for U.S. domestic and foreign policy to end poverty. Carl is also credentialed in mathematics and studied for degrees at both Harvard and Yale. Carl regularly writes about current events on his blog, carlbherman.blogspot.com. I urge you to go and visit that. Um you know, he's got this incredible sense of optimism, even though we're going through effectively World War Three and American Revolution 2.0. Hi, Carl. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, audience, for your attention to this important topic that I will demonstrate is that we are in World War Three and the paradox, because everything is paradoxical, except sometimes and uh, that you should be optimistic because this is an unprecedented exposure of the psychopathic, puppetician, parasitic public serpents. Ah, public, public serpents. serpents. That's a public good serpents. one. Man, who didn't come up with that yet by now? Carl, did you just do that? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's Peggy Hall, the oh, healthy American who uh, I, I have to give her credit because that is a good one. Yeah, very good. Love Carl, um, you know, your blog, uh, you, I was reading earlier, you, you've been banned a lot, haven't you? I mean, you, you get shadow banned. Uh, I've just been hit with an 88-day ban on um, Facebook again for daring to mention the you know inconvenient facts about the, the war in Gaza. 88 um, days? I got 88-day ban on Facebook, Holy Joe. Cow. I'm permanently banned on LinkedIn. Oh, you know, it's... Uh, we're, we're over the target. When you get all that flack, you're over the target. And, and Carl, you know, you, you've been over the target for many, many years now. You, you've been doing this, I think, longer than me. Um, Carl, um, with your uh, head on as a partly a teacher, partly an analyst, political analyst, where are we right now? You know, as we, we're entering another month, February, February 2024, you know, we're talking about um, direct missile strikes, airstrikes now, you know, going into Iran. The U.S., in effect, is triggering World War Three, a hot war. We've had a cold war. I would call it a cold war in the West. You know, definitely a hot war going on in Ukraine, definitely a hot war going on in Gaza. Now it's reaching out to Iran. We've got it in the Red Sea. We've got the Houthis, you know, threatening to destroy the, the you know, undersea cables to, to take down the uh, global its communication system. It, it's something that really is on the precipice. Is it scare tactics? Is it real, Carl? You know, what, what is your view? Oh, John, John, John. President Biden has said he is not seeking war. And I think we should take him at his word. And any actions would be purely... So, uh, of, of course, it is crazy. And uh, it, it, the, the paradox is hard for me to communicate the craziness because you look for references in history and there aren't any. 
what we're being shown is at the same time it's the best of times and the worst of times we are being shown world war three with the potential danger of total nuclear destruction and we are being shown the aspects at the same time the empire the ongoing empire led by the us the uk and nato over that oil rich region and uh because of the exposure of the enemy with unlawful lies of uh or these unlawful wars of aggression started by lies all known to be false as they're told and at my blog spot and the two documents that uh demonstrate this that i can provide as a professional scholar and i have 47 years experience now with my full attention to these issues and as a professional scholar i am professionally and personally absolutely confident in the comprehensive accuracy of what i document as being objectively true and independently verifiable with the facts that i demonstrate so we can demonstrate that whatever it is that the official stories are is that the history is that the us the uk and nato has engaged in these lie-started Orwellian illegal wars of aggression. Therefore, the ongoing attacks and threats people should, or I recommend, this is the admonishment if you're a member of a, of a jury in the US, is that once a witness has demonstrated as a liar, then everything that is said thereafter should be held as unreliable testimony. Now, in this case, because the lies cover up these crimes and the most egregious act a government can commit, war murders, and we can quantify how many have been killed. The United States has engaged in over 200 foreign wars, or more accurately, uh, military attacks. And after two treaties, after two world wars, that is illegal. You can't do it. You, you can't. It's not an option. After World War I, where both of my grandfathers were lied into serving in the American Expeditionary Forces, that treaty is the renunciation of war. Now, in American school textbooks, they lie about the title of the treaty. They call it the Kellogg-Briand Pact. Because if you actually wrote the title of the treaty, renunciation of war, then people might read that and say, huh, that, that means you can't do it, right? And I encourage everyone to read that treaty for themselves. It's only about a couple of pages long. And it says you can't use war as foreign policy. End of story. World War II, the treaty is the UN Charter. And the Charter is a treaty. And that is demonstrated by our US State Department has an annual publication called Treaties in Force. And it's a charter just because the group of people our U.S. State Department has an annual publication called Treaties in Force. And it's a charter just because the group of people, they elect their own government, but it's still a treaty. And under Article 6 in our country, in the U.S. Constitution, if a president signs off on a treaty and two-thirds of the Senate ratify it, that is, according to the Constitution, supreme law. So it doesn't matter what Congress does. That is a fundamental limit of the game. So this would be like in baseball, American baseball, the pitcher stands at the rubber 60 feet and six inches away to throw the ball. That's an absolute rule. 
so the U.S. engaging in these wars and the U.K. and and NATO that would be similar to breaking the rules, like you know, running up in uh, in cricket and throwing the ball like closer to the plate or bouncing it or. Well, it kind, of makes, it kind of makes the point, Carl, that uh, Plato, Plato warned about, didn't he, thousands of years ago that, uh, you know, there's a risk of power determining what justice is. If you have sufficient power, you can get away with whatever you want, can't you? But that's actually uh, not a good thing, is it? And so who is the U.S., you know, exerting this, you know, illegal, internationally illegal and, you know, uh, de totally destructive power on behalf of, is this serving Israel's interests or who is it serving? Why are they doing this? Who is it serving? Now, is, it just, is it just so that Americans can live, you know, nice, easy lives or they're eating, you know, um, high fructose corn syrup, getting fat? I mean, is, is that the whole point of the American dreams? Is it just to maintain this ridiculous standard of living where everybody's turning obese and, un, and unhealthy? Seems kind of a, 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 a stupid waste of money and power just to maintain that sort of system. So who, who's this all on behalf of? Why is the U.S. committing international crime? What are, as you're pointing out, international crimes of war? Who, who's that for? Who's that serving? On behalf of who? Brilliant questions, brother. So first, with you quoting Plato, I want to point out to the fundamental folly, the fundamental fallacy that we all fall for, and it's called dictatorship. And that's where somebody in an official position like Biden or like the New York Times will say, we're all for peace. We are a peaceful nation. And, but unless, and then they'll dictate some BS excuse. And uh, an American professor named Harry Frankfurt. Yes, 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 that's his name. Professor Emeritus from Princeton. Oh, by the way, my two degrees are from Berkeley and Harvard. And I oh, only sorry, sorry. remembered that because Frankfurt was a prof professor emeritus from Princeton and Yale. And he wrote a bestseller about, uh, oh, almost 20 years ago now, simply titled On Bullshit. And Frankfurt wrote an academic essay, and it was a bestseller, and I love that book. It's a short pamphlet which uses a professional philosopher. And Frankfurt is considered to be the most uh, prominent living philosopher in the United States. And he basically said on this bestseller, he said, look, uh, I only have a few essays left in me because the guy's in his 80s now. And he said, I have to contribute this one. I have to give an academic definition of bullshit and to point out its prevalence in politics. And he academically defined bullshit as saying whatever is necessary to herd a population into a chosen policy response. So it was just saying whatever to get people on your side. And he demonstrated that this is this is this is what politics is in the United States, and he felt professionally obligated to make that contribution. And that's what dictators do: is that they're going to violate the law, and then they're going to they're going to use focus groups and testing and psychology to say whatever appears to be most effective. And they will employ on a usual basis lies of omission. Now, as professionals, one of the ways that you can tell the people are lying is they leave key parts of the story out. And the key aspect that is left out through all the political rhetoric and through corporate media and through our public education textbooks 
is that war is illegal. The two treaties after the two world wars, we've already decided that issue. We're not doing war murders anymore. So it's a crazy situation. And with Joe, with what you're talking about, or the poor Americans, ah, man, the food that we're fed, the stuff that we're told is food, is tragic comic. And my observation of the so-called developed nations, the so-called former colonial nations, is that America is kind of like the capital in the Hunger Games. And if people haven't seen that film series, I haven't read the books, but the film series show these poor, uh, pitiful, pathetic beings that are focused on all the wrong things with their material benefits and their material advantage over everyone else. And everyone else in the Hunger Games is basically a controlled slave under the most totalitarian conditions. And then it goes through the, the revolution for that story. So, you know, it's an Orwellian situation. And uh, my one published paper via the Claremont Colleges is entitled The Emperor's New Clothes, because that is the situation that we're at. All people need to do is to look with their own two eyes and they will see. And yet we're still talking about it. Yeah, I, I'd like to make the point that um, what we've been looking at over the past three, four years is a massive psyop. And um, it was an IQ test for a lot of us and a lot of us failed early on. And not only that, though, the fog of war. I mean, we have people who we would nat consider natural allies on many topics who, for some reason or other, we just can't find common ground with. I mean, I, I found this personally with the issue with the, the Israeli-Gaza matter. We, we're, so many colleagues of mine, I su support, and they support me on the climate issue. They support me on vaccine mandates. But it came, when it came down to the Israel-Gaza conflict, we just parted ways. And it's, again, one of these things, I, I'm going to give you another example. This past week in the High Court in London, a very prominent um, actor turned politician is um, Lawrence Fox. Lawrence Fox, who's a part of the Fox family, very successful in Hollywood. Um, he lost a multi-million dollar lawsuit in the high court for libel where he um, had a judge who refused to define what the word racist meant. In effect, um, he lost his case and, and poor old Lawrence Fox was stood there on the high court steps contemplating another two million pound bid to have this case resolved, going to court and force the judges to you come out with a definition of the term racist. You can't make this crap up, can you, Carl? The process is the punishment. Yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> yes. Lawfare and those two topics are great. And that that court case is a great example because that is a demonstration of dictatorship. And dictatorship is basically, well, it means whatever it is that we explain to you and dictate for as long as we dictate until we change it to something else. And it is just a, a declaration of a superior caste or race or group, an oligarchy, and a subservient group that has no rights. And part of what the promise of the breakthrough of the United States form of government under the Declaration of Independence, which is not legally binding, but most people would adhere to those ideals, and the limits of government in the US Constitution under the principles of the scientific revolution and the enlightenment is that it's, it's like a sports game. We have 
rules. And the rules are meant to be crystal clear in letter and in intent. So we can have a and fair fairly game. applied and, to everybody too, right? Oh, and fairly yeah, yeah. applied and evenly applied. I mean, look at this Trump rape case. It is, doesn't this apply here to what you're trying, what you're telling us about, Carl? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a it's a kangaroo court. Can you exp you know discuss that for us? I mean, it's popular in the news this week, right? Yeah, yeah. Hold yeah, that yeah, thought, yeah, Carl. Yeah. Hold, hold that thought, Carl. We're going to take a short break. This is TNT Radio. TNT's Abby Roberts. So this is the headline in The Guardian. Pleasure of sex is a gift from God, but avoid porn. Pope advises. What is it with religious people and sex? Isn't there anything else that's 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 more important to worry about? And this is what uh, this is what Pope Francis uh, say. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it in an Italian accent just to be even more offensive. Sexual pleasure is a gift from God. But Catholics must avoid pornography, Pope Francis has said. The pontiff, oh, I'll tell you what though, he was all for giving people lots of pricks during 2021. Bloody hell, mRNA's fine, but just not porn. Abby Roberts on TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. The benefits of advertising on today's news talk, TNT Radio, should be clear to businesses of any shape or size. It can be accessed anywhere, anytime, by anybody, and is the perfect way to build brand awareness and stimulate digital activity. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Carl, just before the break, I stopped you. You're about to go into full flow. I had to go for a break. Uh, uh, carry on with your point, Carl. It's. Uh, I, I want to hear what you have to say on this. All right, I got to look back on this thing. Uh, so, so uh, we were talking about so the the lawfare and the destruction of rights is that. Yeah. Our opponents will attempt to dictate reality to us. And as you were talking about, John, earlier, or Joe, I don't remember, it's a fundamental intelligence test, and it's the final exam. Uh, one of my mentors was Bucky Fuller, and I was friends with him the last three years of his life from 1980 Buckminster to 1983. Fuller? 83, yeah, Buckminster Fuller. Wow. Famous inventor and a real leader for independent thought. And part of the experience that you get when you're around these people who are only dedicated to the truth and train themselves to think, speak, and take actions consistent with their integrity, Bucky framed it, even in 1980, that human beings were in a final exam period and the test was simple. The test was integrity. And the way to get out of the test is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And of course, our controllers, these parasites, they want us to serve them. And the lawfare applied to Trump. Uh, it, okay, so let me get into the more optimistic part of it, is that I'm at 95% certainty that Q, and I read all the posts, mm. and those posts demonstrated the most damning information to our opponents to be able to factually show that these are criminals running an empire. That got my attention. Mm. Now, the main theme of Q, in my estimation, as a professional historian and political and economic analyst and instructor, is that Q is saying, look, nothing can stop 
what is coming for the disclosure. And lo and behold, what do we observe? We observe the most exposed of our opponents have ever been. And I gave two articles uh, kind of to frame for our audience and for, for you guys what I was going to talk about. And I'll just reference one of them here. I'm just going to be looking at my screen as I'm doing this. So I wrote this article in December called 2024 Year One for Truth, Justice, Freedom equals what, how will you think, speak, and live upon AMREV 2 World War III victory? And I wrote the article just for me because what I have to do is when there's so many things going on, I can't keep it in my head. I need to write it down. And I recognized there are so many narratives exploding right now. I can't keep track of them. So I wrote them down. And I'll kind of go over the list so that our audience members appreciates, or at least they can consider the source of my own optimism because any one of these breakthroughs that goes to the public where they see it for their own eyes, the massive and empire ending lies and crimes, human beings will wonder, wow, where else are they lying? And then the whole house of cards goes down. So this is what I see. And this will take a couple of minutes because it's a long list. Yeah. So yeah. most importantly, and that I've seen, and I can't believe it's still going on, is our financial system. Um, and, and if you go to my website, you'll see articles on news shows and, and just start reading and everything is documented there of what I found over 47 years as the most important to document and to explain for public consideration. But our economic system is Orwellian like the rest of it. And the fundamental fraud, and I do have published research in this area, is to call debt, because that's what we have, debt, and to label it as money. And we all know that we have this exponential growth curve of debt. That is certain by the design and mechanical. Now, I have danced. For 15 years with 2,000 advanced placement macroeconomics teachers on our discussion list board, none of them can refute what I'm saying. None. And in the economics conferences and through public debate, our opponents won't debate us because they can't. We have all the facts on our side. And that was one of the admonitions by Simon Johnson, an economist at MIT, who is the former chief economist of the IMF. In an interview with Bill Moyers, who's won like 35 Emmys, he said, look, and, and Simon wrote a book called 13 Bankers, which he said that the United States economic system is a banana republic. That's his words, not mine. Mm. And, and he said to Bill, he says, look, our opponents will never debate us. All they have is money and lobbyists. They don't have any facts. And that's true. And that's true. This exponential debt system is unsustainable. And that's how come you got the WEF and Klaus Schwab saying that we will own nothing and be happy. We're going to live in 15-minute cities. We're going to eat bugs. We're, we're going to take away your gardens, Joe and John, because if you garden, that's going to contribute carbon. If you grow the food, we won't be able to grow the food. That's literally their argument. Mm. That's what John Kerry just said, right? He just said a couple yeah. of weeks ago, a month ago, he said, we have to stop farming for climate change or else people are going to starve to death. Yeah, it, okay. you know, you introed without term paradoxical. It's paradoxical. Like the level of bullshit has reached 
paradoxical levels, like just blatantly, par like, yeah, maybe 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it was semi-believable. Oh, okay, I see what they're trying to do. Fine, let them do Now it's just like, it's just so blatantly paradoxical and opposed, directly opposed to re reality. I mean, you have to be asleep. You have to be completely asleep to just not recognize the paradox of what they're doing now and saying now, don't you, Carl? Yeah, yeah. It is just crazy, and I'm going to jump all over the place as we've been talking about here. It looks like, so my conclusion, I could go through this list, but that's going to take me 10 minutes. I think people get the point, and I might go back to it. But I think we're being divided into three basic camps, and I think that there is a divine point to this. And I think that that uh, people are feeling this in their, if they have a religious background, they may even sense it or predict it or be saying, oh, yeah, 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 my religious training has said something like this happens. So the three camps that I think we're being divided into is one, the good. That's us. We can tell the difference between good and evil. We have a stand for truth. We want cooperative competition. And it doesn't take long for people to brief you. And this is one of the contributions of Buckminster Fuller is to point out, hey, we have the technology and the resources to turn this planet into a paradise. We can have a Star Trek-like future. I'm on board with that. And the good want that in exploration. All right, yeah, that's one group. The other group, the other, I'll do it like this. The other group, that's the evil. They know what they're doing. They know they're lying. And they want to be parasites. Okay. Far from me to tell them how to live their life if they want to go down that route. Okay. But I would just admonish these people. Do you like the scenery on the path? Do you enjoy the company? Do you enjoy the evil activities? Do you, do you enjoy the sounds and sights and smells of death and suffering and torture? I'd admonish they're like, people. They're like Good. Satan in uh, in Paradise Lost, aren't they? All they have is their misery, and they've uh, accepted that uh, the misery is the best thing that they're going to have, and they wish to just see more of it around themselves or something, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And an important point with that, Joe, is it looks like what th th this evil, for whatever reasons, they've been given control over everything. Because as far as I can tell going up to two UN summits for heads of state and engaging with the official agencies, government agencies and academic agencies that all of them I've encountered are controlled. The well, that's a very good point. Yeah, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. It, they do seem to have control. And I'll just say, I mean, I'm not actually a uh, Christian. Maybe I am, I don't know. But um, the scene in the Bible where Satan offers Jesus the world because what does Satan say? All of this is mine, right? They're standing on a cliff looking over the world and Satan says, all of this is mine, Jesus. You can have whatever you want of it. You can have it all. You just have to bow to me. So, I mean, talk about a biblical reference, right? Yeah, you're right. They do seem to control everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll get into that because that's a current area of interest, but I got to talk about this third group. The third group is uh, the group that can't tell the difference between good and evil. And in my observations, over 47 years engagement, historically only about 2%, one in 50, have been able to have these factual conversations and the other ones. So for our audience that are listening to this show, 
They have observed among their friends and family and colleagues and neighbors the cognitive dissonance where you begin talking like this and they they have to defend the empire. They have to defend the lies that they have been mind controlled to accept through public education and corporate media. And in this separation, um, I think that what has happened on earth has been, since we look at it and our observations, and tell me if I'm wrong, but my observation on earth after I've looked around is like, wow, you know, this level of evil, that's a little too much for me. I, I think it's overboard. I mean, the crimes against children, the human trafficking, the Epstein and Maxwell. And then we get into the adrenochrome and Pizzagate. And if you look at my documentation, some people say, Pizzagate is too far, Carl. Uh-uh, baby. Look at the evidence. <clears throat> look with your own eyes. And John Podesta has entered into the political scene in the United States. Mm -hmm. He has become the new climate czar. And Podesta, you may remember. He is? Podesta is the climate czar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just happened. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. That's awful. Yeah, no, no, no. This is great. <laughs> because Podesta is entering the scene now. And he has an art collection at home, which mm -hmm. is of children who are uh, under bondage, who I, I'm not even going to describe it, but if you want to go to uh, it's you know, my website, yeah. my new show, uh, I think repulsive. we did this yesterday on February 2nd. You can take a look at some of the artwork or just go ahead and look it up for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so I think all of this is being exposed. And when you talk to that scene of the Bible of all of this is mine, well, okay, let's take a look at some of the facts that we can demonstrate. And one is that every agency is controlled. And if you take a look at your own experience, if you have any, or the documented evidence of what you were talking about, like that court case where the court refuses to define race, I mean, this is just crazy Orwellian stuff. And all legal experts, by the way, going back to the Trump cases, see that. They see how crazy it is. We see in the United States, in the uh, Georgia case, the Fulton County in Georgia, where the prosecutor who ran on the, on the uh, slogan, I'm going to get Donald Trump, hired her lover as the highest paid attorney in Georgia, working for the government, receiving almost a million dollars, part of which was spent on vacations for the two of them to enjoy. So it is just wild and crazy for this. And I'll take a pause here, and but I got more to jump in, like well, in the yeah, consideration yeah, of can, can I just, who, who I, is this Satan guy? Go yeah, ahead. I just want to, uh, can I just make a couple of points? Well, my main point really is picking up on the lawfare, because you mentioned early on about the issue of lawfare. I threw into uh, into the, the, the discussion the Lawrence Fox case. Lawrence Fox was a very prominent actor on British TV. His family were very well connected, you know, a dynastic acting family. And, uh, you know, again, I, I said he went to court, he lost his case. Um, and there are law fairs everywhere. The, the one of the another one that most people have probably overlooked is uh, in Pakistan, in Ram Khan, in Ram Khan, who had the popular vote, very very akin to uh, Donald Trump. 
and he was arrested. You just they locked him up. And again, uh, it could easily happen to Trump. They really the hatred is is intense. Um, the Donald Trump, the eighty-three million dollar lawsuit defeat for a woman who nobody can even place them in the same room together. It's just so fanciful. And it, it, you know, in, in the in the chat, Joe, you, you've got adopted cognitive dissonance, hatred of logic. These are people who won't define reason. They, they, they won't define the term racist. They won't define what a woman is. Um, as you say, it's what we what we argue is today's. A hate speech will be tomorrow's, you know, norm, normative values that they're changing every day, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is just wild. Um, and where people should stand for this. And I think what our opponents are attempting to do is they're attempting to create such a, there's a psychological term for it, it escapes me for the moment, is they want to create such a break from reality that people become psychotic that they cannot discern reality from uh, spin. And they, our opponents just want the most intelligent work animal possible, which is going to be something that can, that can intelligently perform chores, grow food, uh, put parts together, and be just a work animal for the elite. And the but way they, out of this... People People won't even be able to do that, though, in the future, because, you know, like like you said, they're they're forcing us into a state of just absolute cognitive dissonance. Right. Uh, you know, in you know, you were defining earlier good versus versus evil. And, you know, what does good mean? Good means, you know, truth above all else. Right. You know, which means logic above all else. These people have a hatred. I mean, really, you can define them as having a hatred of logic. That's what they hate. They hate logic. And so they do not want anyone to be able to recognize, for example, mutual exclusivity, logical mutual exclusivity, which means that two um, opposing ideas cannot both be true at the same time. You have two ideas that oppose each other, that conflict with each other, you know, then they both can't be true. Only one of them has to be right. And that's what they're removing from people's ability. You know, like, like you said, there's that third group and the second group uh, who have this, one has a hatred of logic and truth, and the other one has an inability to to assess it and to be able to detect where there's logical problems. Exactly. So, so and that's going to lead to complete destruction. We won't even be able to work at the end, will they? You know, and they're coming up with these AI systems basically to replace us. It's really a total, total destruction. I mean, it's really total destruction is what they're going for, isn't it? It's total destruction of what we would define as being human, which includes a synergy, which is an unpredictable breakthrough type interaction which is really the joy and the spark to life if you think back in your history of what it is that has been most exciting to you has been the introduction of some form of virtue in our own experience that was unimaginable and unpredictable before and then it gets dropped into our laps and it's like whoa then we have a new opportunity and a new opening for creativity our masters do not want that they don't want us to be inspired and creative on our own uh, experience and expression of virtue. They want us controlled. They want us as a work animal by all observations. So yeah, Joe, they have to go ahead and crush this independent creativity and they're going to limit it and put it into a box for their service. And they cannot tell the truth because if they told the truth, then, then they'd have to have us accept a slave system. By the way, the current 
economic condition is the 1% now own more assets than the 99%. And that's not going to be enough for them. And they can never back down. They're, they're not going to retreat. They can't. Because then they'd have to admit, oh, yeah, you know, those wars? Uh, yeah, we did that. And we knew that they violated the treaties and they killed millions of people. Oh, in our economic system? Yeah, we looted hundreds of trillions and uh, hundreds of millions died. And we did that. And we knew we were. they can't do that. No. You're listening to Carl Herman, professional historian on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. The cyclone that's in the north of Australia is kind of unusual for an El Nino season. That's because we have not really had an El Nino season this year in Australia. The Southern Oscillation Index, the longest running measure of the ENSO, or El Nino, La Nina, has not cooperated at all. And we knew this was a problem way back in the Northern Hemisphere fall in our spring because we weren't seeing a lot of typhoons. Usually when you have a big El Nino, you have a lot of typhoons going off and we had the third lowest typhoon production on record. So something funky was going on. However, that Southern Oscillation Index is going to crash for the month of February, which means that our fall should be average in Australia. Now I'm bringing all this up because that crash in February is linked to severe cold in the United States and Europe for February into March. And we're seeing another ferocious storm attacking Norway now. A lot of heavy rain is coming into Europe over the next week. Now the two times that happened, it turned frigid in Europe. Same thing is going to happen. Mid-February to mid-March will be frigid in Europe. You see all these storms crashing into the United States? Well, guess what? It's going to turn frigid in the United States. In fact, for much of the United States, the worst of the winter is on the way. And just think, it all hinges on looking at the weather around Australia. Isn't that nice? Hands across the water. Australia, the States, and Europe. Kumbaya. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. My name's Stacy. I'm 57, and I was adopted in 2020. We were adopted in 2019. And we were adopted in 2021. We had a house, um, and it sounds crazy, but it wasn't a home. The one thing that Jake and Emma brought is it became a home. When I met Dakota, he had just turned 14. You weren't there for the first this and the first that. I missed the first words, but we got a lot of other firsts. I'm watching her say, oh my God, I cannot believe I got my license. And she's like, I passed. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> See them grow. It is. They chose to love us. They didn't have to. They chose us. Family. You and you. Kids in the middle. What I thought was a complete life was nowhere near complete. <laughs> but it is now. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit adoptuskids.org. Using science to debunk myths. From the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Welcome back. Uh, during the break, Joe, we were just saying that, uh, that there, there are a lot of heroic figures who've suffered a lot. You know, they've had many, many years of paying the heavy price for truth, you know, standing up for truth. You know, I talked about Lawrence Fox here in the UK. He had his 
acting career destroyed he'll never work as an actor again you know his mission is just to find out whether the high court can define the word racist you know everything hinges on that for him because he believes in truth Let, let's have it out in the open you know we talked about trump hit with 83 million dollar a penalty recently um you know your good self you you banging your head against the wall you you lost your career in as a space scientist but um you wrote a good article this week, uh, Joe. Just, just talk about um, how you've been dealing with this paradox. Yeah, and uh, I'd like uh, Carl to add in on this because, you know, Carl's obviously a very, very educated fellow. Carl Herman, uh, you know, we love having you on. Um, I'm sure you're aware of some of these topics. So um, I wrote an article that was titled, Is Your, uh, let me pull it up here, Is Your Astral Spirit Body Infected with a Noetic Parasite? By noetic, that means mental. So there's this, this idea from uh, Vladimir Vernadsky, and he characterized just the sort of different spheres of existence on the planet. So you have the you have the lithosphere, which is just the basic geological sphere where the elements are. Then you have the biosphere, which is a sphere of life. Now with humanity, there's a new sphere of existence called the noosphere. Noosphere means mind. So humanity has sort of breached this new realm of existence in this universe on this planet called the noosphere, where we are interacting with mind. And now mind is having an effect on biology and on the lithosphere mind is very powerful obviously we have mastered the biosphere uh you know we've mastered you know we have dominion over the animals basically and uh, of course over over the uh <clears throat> over the natural world in any case um there's uh this theory you know in, from esotericism that we have different bodies right so we have different you know we have our physical body but we also have a spirit body and an energetic body some people might call this the soul some people talk about being able to see your auras uh, these things are real they've been documented for thousands of years from esoteric researchers so it seems to me you know i've been working on this problem of you know, basically researching what I've realized that, that I've been researching on this climate alarm issue, this climate issue is um, people's inability. You know, Carl, you said this, there's this third group of people who have an inability to assess logic, right? And it's been very, very interesting in science because on, on this one issue in science on climate alarm on climate alarmism, you find scientists unable to recognize very, very, very basic truths that scientists should be able to recognize. For example, that the Earth is a sphere versus flat. When it comes to climate science, scientists will actually go with the Earth being flat and will defend the idea that Earth is flat. And when you point out that, hey, look, we can do climate science on a sphere Earth, they get really upset and they say, you should not write that. You should not do that. Go with the flat Earth method instead. That one's better. You know. And so it seems that there's some sort of noetic parasite. There's some sort of energetic parasite that we live with and of course this goes back to esotericism too i've subsequently discovered you know uh people for a long time have written about this idea about archon some sort of energetic force which is spiritual and it is literally some sort of machine-like parasite that can infect your mind and what's the result of this parasite too it does not want you to be able to think rationally it stops people from being able to think logically from being able to recognize that two mutually exclusive ideas cannot be true at the same time and this is uh the phenomenon of cognitive dissonance cognitive dissonance is when you hold two conflicting ideas to be true at the same time you don't consciously realize it but subconsciously there's a detection and it makes you feel uncomfortable so in a healthy person you will become eventually aware consciously aware that you have a cognitive dissonance because you're believing in two different things at the same time and you will then resolve it consciously and discard the false information and stick with the true information or figure out what the synthesis is of truth right that ability has been blocked 
in people. And they're no longer able to recognize cognitive dissonance, or if they do recognize it, they feel like that that is a better state to be in. It's better to remain in cognitive dissonance. It's almost like this parasite is secreting a toxin, this mental parasite secretes a toxin that makes people feel that being in cognitive dissonance, that believing in bullshit, as you you know defined it earlier, is the better feeling. It's better to believe in bullshit. It's better to believe in two things at once. So it's cannot possibly true and to not recognize that. So that seems to be uh, my findings. There's some sort of parasite and it goes back to esotericism and, you know, the ideas of the archives. I don't know. What do you think? Am I onto something here? Is this something that you would agree with? Is there some sort of parasitical infection of the mind we're dealing with? Ooh, brother, that's so well stated. That goes into the last topic that I thought I would like to contribute and my dog is helping. So <clears throat> in the animal kingdom, there are a level of intelligence. Human beings have what we could describe as a dimensional advantage over the animal kingdom and that we own them. Yeah, you don't want them if they were mad to get this close to you because they have physical properties that could harm our physical body. But pretty much we can control these beings. Thank you, May. And I think that what we have is a dimensional advantage evil being who has taken over this realm and they're using that extra dimension. You talked about archons and I'm going to go to the Old Testament with the Elohim. This is a commit. If you read the Old Testament, which I did at age 17, I concluded, wow, this is an evil committee of warlords. Nobody should support these people. They're, they're slaughterers. And the Satan guy in the book of Job, so they get together as a committee and they decide to torture this guy and kill their family and we're supposed to pledge allegiance to them? No, I will not. I refuse. So now the, the main question that I want to point to, so Joe, yes, I think that given, um, and I appreciate the work of David Icke. I went to one of his all-day presentations about 15 years ago and one of the uh, facts that he communicated, which stuck to me, was that if you take the band of measurable energy frequencies, the human sensory ability can decode maybe a 10,000th of 1% of reality. So if there were groups that had an extra dimensional advantage, they could dominate our lack of perception and manipulate us, which is what I think that the Archons or the Elohim, or whoever these beings are. Now, I am a professional historian, and one of the main questions that you have to ask once you know you're being lied to, and I can go back, and I wrote an 11-part series called U.S. Illegal, which goes back over 200 years for the U.S. treaty-violating lie-started wars of aggression for resources to dominate resources. But then you wonder, how long has this been going on? And, and you take a look at these long-headed beings like Rothschild and the royalty whose mummies are preserved in South America and in Egypt. And you wonder, huh, wonder if it could be those guys. They got bigger brains. And then you take a look at, at some of the more uh, exotic testimony. Like we have an asteroid belt. That could have been a planet. And if you look at Mars, the southern half of Mars is just splattered with what looks like an explosion. And there are xenotopes of radioactive material. And this is all listed in, 
in my AMREV uh, 2.0 article that it looks like a planet exploded. And part of the testimony that I consider, and I have it as my working conclusion, is that evil people, beings came to Earth and they GMO'd human beings as a slave race. They were created in our image, the Old Testament says. Now, this is the committee of the evil, evil wannabe gods who would want us to perceive them as gods, to have our obedience. So, are they in charge? I don't think so. I think that they have been given reign. But their tortures of human beings and crushing the spirit of a creation like as potentially beautiful as human beings, I think that got a red card, gentlemen. And I think a group has come in to, uh, to help us out. And I think that there literally is an extra dimensional, powerful group of people who have come to our assistance because the crushing of human beings, I think that there are going to be higher beings on the good who would want to intervene with that. And moreover, I think that we're part of the rescue squad who has incarnated, who uh, similar to Star Wars, we are immune to that Jedi, Jedi mind trick of just being dictated to. And I think we're here as the uh, anchors of an energetic network that is beyond our ability to perceive with our senses but will affect people's minds and emotions. What we're missing is the breakthrough, breakout, breakdown event that will produce this emperor's new clothes moment and kind of in go into a closing uh, statement here to round this all up of my optimism and maybe what you guys are feeling too is that is just one breakthrough away. And if whatever is for the good, and I've had, man, you know, I tell people, uh, if you had what happened to me in spiritual experience happen to you, you would wonder who's in charge and wonder what is this beneficial power for good who has shown me so much and given me so many gifts. What is that thing? So I am optimistic that all we need to do is hang in there for the truth. There's going to be a breakthrough event and the sheeple are going to say, wow. They got us all into debt on purpose. Wow. The wars were just for resources. They just killed those people to take their stuff. Yes, mm -hmm. they did. And that will be here and uh, point to the technology. I need to open the door for my dog because she's licking the door now wanting to get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just pick up on that point. I, I feel personally you don't need to open your mind completely to the idea that there's almost like an alien entity or alien beings that are involved here um all you need to do essentially for, for many people is just accept there's something beyond the human realm again you can look at it as, as deep as you want to go a lot of people it's a journey isn't it life is a journey about self-discovery about um where you want to be with your with your spirituality um it's small steps you don't need to take on every so-called conspiracy theory you just need to chip away one by one well, there's that a quote lot. from the there's that quote from that. I just want to throw it in there, John. Right, for we fight not against flesh and blood, blood, but against powers and principalities. I forget where that is in the Bible, but it's in there. <laughs> we fight, yeah, we I, fight not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. 
Yeah, I, I do feel that you can do that. I think you can take it on different levels. You can come at it from a, from a different vector. Um, but essentially, we're, we are fighting tyranny one way or another, spiritual, material tyranny. Um, it's that time. It's kind of an epoch where we're going to have paradigm shifts you know, in science, we know this, Joe, because we've seen it, you know, we're, we're right at the precipice now of the para paradigm shift, you know, in, in so many realms of science, you know, the demise of allopathic medicine, we've seen that happen you know, in the last few years, the last two or three years, we've, it's been revealed to us that so much in medicine is, is fraudulent. Um, it's been revealed to us so much in politics is fraudulent. Again, it's kabuki theatre. You know, it's a great awakening. And again, you you choose to be to reveal as much as you want to yourself as you wish. I'm not yet quite in the David Icke camp. I I I, I embrace the idea that uh, Carl's uh, interpretations alongside David Icke's could be valid. But again, the whole point here is to keep an open mind, isn't it? To keep an open mind. And if things are being revealed to us as conspiracy theorists, um, you know, and they're being revealed to be true. Then again, it's a it's a process. It's a step by step process of learning, and and I, I'm all for it, Carl. And I, again, I, I'm I'm trying to think of a certain audience audience people that would not you know go down that road so easily. Um, but your open mindedness is welcome, and I think we need more open mindedness. Yeah, and and this is even a better closing. So I'm a professional academic. I've spent my entire life trying to understand and communicate the most important facts. And I do so with professional expertise. And, you know, my work speaks for itself, I assert. Now, that said, as a professional scholar, my own experience is exactly what you're pointing to, John, is that I am humbly confident. I know I am not that smart. I am so easily fooled and tricked. Uh, so, you know, you have to be very careful. And when you're very honest, you know, we laugh all the time at how much we don't know. And yet all we need to do is say, all right, so we, you know, I would explain it and teach it to students that you have, imagine a table of facts in front of us, and we're going to lay our facts on the table and all of us are going to walk around the table and that represents different perspectives looking at the data and people can say oh wait a minute wait a minute that point over there that that's false we help each other discern what the important facts are and if people find an important fact that is important to put onto the table awesome do so walk all around the table have different people point out and then you get a group analysis of what we're looking at and then people are free in their policy perspective policy, politics. It just means, what are we going to do about this? And of course, one of the options is always to do nothing. But in that good faith conversation, where you're humbly admitting that you only see so much, and uh, the true struggle to be able to get your hands and eyes on data, is this this humble application of truth, and to have an open mind, because anybody listening to this show has already demonstrated for themselves how much you thought was true was demonstrated as propaganda and if we can just have the truth we're going to be okay and i think that uh, it, again in the bible it's someplace i don't know where it is though is it carl, you got to be carl, like a little child we're right at the end of the show carl herman such a pleasure to have you on sky dragon slang this is tnt radio